So fall camp ended this past Saturday with both a positive and a not-so-positive message. And while everyone assumes that the offense will be just fine with Lincoln Riley as the head coach and play caller, why are there still position battles going on two weeks before the first game? And besides depth on the defensive side of the ball, are they tough enough? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, never forget we're free, and never forget that we appreciate you following the show. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It means a lot. If you have any questions, any comments, leave them there as well. All right. So, fall camp ended Saturday, and they actually finished with a scrimmage over there on Howard Jones Field. That's their practice facility. And the team, when when fall camp opened, uh, they held their first, out of their first five practices, I believe four were held over at the Coliseum, where they're going to play their games. Uh, but since then... Um, you know, with less than, two, like I said, less than two weeks to play before the season opener against Rice. Um, the next time the team plays or sees the Coliseum, at least scheduled, will be for that opening game. Um, now, now that fall camp is over, they're going to, the team goes into called the zero week and game week prep. They still have two weeks, but the new practice routine um, basically involves making sure everyone knows their roles. Uh, and that includes, you know, not just on the roster, <laughs> uh, but that also includes their daily routine, just from going to classes, meals, um, practice, and, you know, on and on and on. All the all the little stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, so whatever routine they've been in for fall camp, which has pretty much been... Uh, you know, housed together in one location type of stuff, uh, always eating the team meals together. Now everyone kind of separates and goes back to their own living, uh, their own apartments. So everyone has to make sure, coaches have to make sure everyone is on the same page. So that's what goes on as far as uh, the practice schedule. Uh, you know, now that camp is over and while everyone is definitely maintaining a very positive outlook, uh, Lincoln Riley and his staff, um, they've been doing their evaluations and it's, it's shedding some light. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, after Saturday's practice, um, we spoke with Lincoln Riley and he said that the wide receiver rotations are essentially set. So, uh, now the staff is now basically working on how to balance out uh, the playing time. So I guess, you know, good luck. They're starting early. They got two weeks to figure this out. Uh, they know their rotations. They know who's going to play um, as far as, you know, where they're going to line up and, and, 
in you know who's first team, who's second team, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, but good luck satisfying, you know, I'll call them all those snicker bars, all those divas. Um, because let's here. this passing offense is going to start and stop with Jordan Addison. Um, and then it's, they're going to work everyone else in. At quarterback, you know, the, the, the competition with Miller Moss, it's going to continue. Um until Caleb Williams takes the field for the first offensive series against Rice. You know, Miller has been one of the players that uh, the, the coaching staffs have, the coaching staff has said has, has been the most, one of the most improved since spring. Uh, nevertheless, uh, let's, again, let's not be naive. Caleb Williams is going to be the starter at quarterback. Um, and so, Again, you know, the offense, very few questions. Everyone feels good. Uh, however, I'm getting to that however here in a moment. Um, so we feel good. Riley is feels really confident about the wide receiver room. Uh, they just, again, have to balance out the playing time for all those wide receivers that are going to be fighting for the second and third look when Caleb's not looking at Jordan Addison. Um Again, we you, you know what the quarterback situation is. Uh, I think everyone is going to be very happy and satisfied with the running backs and the running game this year. Um, you, you know, you've got Travis Dye and Austin Jones who came in uh, from Oregon and Stanford, respectively. Darwin Barlow looks great. We haven't been able to see him run the ball at all during practice because we're not allowed to watch that part of practice, but he looks physically uh, like he he did what was asked of him during the offseason and spent his time in the weight room very, very efficiently and very productively. And, of course, you got Ray Lake Brown, the, uh, the secret weapon freshman out of modern day who, you know, the staff is going to want to get him the ball in, in the open field as often as they can. He's got that type of ability. Um, so Lincoln Riley has, you know, made up his mind, you know, who can play and at which positions and, and how often. So, you know, if the quarterback is the most important position on offense, I think everyone will agree with that. Um, then the second most important position is the offensive line. And because Caleb is a right-handed quarterback, the left tackle position specifically. Um, no one can really say why. However, there is a really strong sense, and it's been growing, um, that this coaching staff, Coach Riley, Coach Henson, the um, offensive coordinator uh, and offensive line coach, um, they prefer the senior transfer from from Virginia offensive tackle Bobby Haskins. Uh, they prefer him over Cortland Ford. At least there's a sense um, that they want to name Bobby the starting tackle. And that feeling, you know, that kind of became evident uh, when Lincoln Riley, again, he spoke to the media after practice and after the scrimmage on Saturday that ended fall camp. And, Riley pointed out that Andrew Voorhees, Brett Nylon, Justin Dietrich, and Jonah Monheim have picked up where they left off 
from spring. So the implication was that the starting left tackle during the spring, Cortland Ford, and the starting left tackle last year did not pick up where everybody else left off from the spring. I don't know how else you would interpret that um, with the way Lincoln Riley presented it. So I guess we finally have some fall camp drama. Um, you know, USC created their own during the summer back in the end of, back at the end of June when they announced that they were uh, divorcing themselves from the Pac-12 and joining the Big Ten. So we now have a a battle for the left tackle spot between Haskins and and Cortland Ford. Um, the positive takeaway is that there's some competition. Um, but I guess if you want to say there's a negative takeaway takeaway from that is is why why is there competition at that spot? Um, what does Bobby Haskins do better than Cortland Ford? You know, is it an age thing? Does his experience is is it his experience that's separating him um, as well as maybe his physical abilities, or is it both? Um, you know, I've received some feedback you know, off the record uh, from a couple of different sources that um, they've told me that the, the veteran Haskins, you know, he, he's got some savvy um, and that when I, when I say savvy, he does things that, you know, that come with having 45 games of playing experience. Um, you, you learn things, how to, you know, how to, how to get under the opponent's skin, how to keep fighting and doing things that make the opponent's job more difficult. I'm not saying Cortland doesn't do that, but the way it was described was Bobby has that, that jerk factor in him. And you want to have, you know, as a lineman, you want to have that, that guy's a jerk. You don't want to play against him. You want him on your team, but you just don't want to go up against him. And maybe that's what's impressing the coaching staff. They see that extra fight. Um, again, this is all speculation. We don't get to see the team do what they do um, when they're scrimmaging. So uh, that all happens under the cone of silence. There's, that's just the best way to put it. Um, you know, others have claimed that you know Ford Cortland is the more athletic of the two. So and he moves better. He has better footwork. So again, un- until. You and I get to see what's actually going on uh, or watch some film. You know, we have to judge and go by what the coaching staff says that, you know, they're looking out for the best guy to play, no matter how long they've been here. um, Nobody's job is secure. And that's a great thing. Uh, And so while, you know, Riley has been honest you know, with the media, he definitely keeps all the details to himself. Excuse me. He hasn't really let on why um, there's a battle going on or he didn't, he, he didn't. And I guess we could have asked um, why he singled out the left tackle position. So um, what I do know and what I can tell you is that Haskins he wasn't healthy during the spring. He was still recovering from an uh, an ankle procedure that he had to clean up. He played his entire the entire previous year at Virginia with an injury, um, and so he wasn't 
healthy and available to, you know, participate with the team until, uh, I guess, the early part of summer, right when they, the team was getting ready to do um, the uh, player-run practices, the PRPs. Um, and so, again, he, he didn't get healthy until recently, and he's been very patiently playing the waiting game, rehabbing, doing what's been asked of him, learning the playbook. Um, well, Kyle Ford, or excuse me, Cortland Ford, <laughs> he's been doing everything he's been asked of, plus more. You know, he's been work. He was with the team during spring, getting those repetitions. He's bigger, he's stronger, uh, and he's also healthy. You know, he played all of last year with a bunch of different nagging injuries, to it, which eventually caught up with him at the end of the year, where they just had to sit him down. Um, because one injury was creating another injury. So I, I guess um, by creating this competition, uh, you know, Bobby Haskins, when he jumped, when he came over to USC, um, he trusted Lincoln Riley because they didn't even have Josh Henson wasn't even placed yet as a, for the position coach. So this is some of the things... I think Lincoln Riley wants to prove to Bobby that he's going to give him every opportunity to earn that starting role. And this is his way of making it happen. Bobby didn't get those chance, those repetitions during the spring. He's going to make sure he gets as many as he can during the fall uh, before Lincoln and Josh make that final decision, who will be the starting left tackle. Um, and so following the, the practice on Saturday, uh, Riley was asked about his most pressing concern this point of the season. And he, I'm just going to read a quote. I definitely get your question. Um, I just don't look at it that way. Everybody's got to improve. You're going to say the group, you're going, you're going to say the group right now, that's your best group. They still got to get better. The group right now, that's your most thin or least talented group. They've still got to get better. The coach still has to get better. To me, it would be just continuing our climb. We can't think we're at the season and, at the season and now, we just got to play the games. We don't have to keep pushing until we get better. We need everybody to continue to improve, end quote. I'm telling you, when coaches and myself talk and you're just shooting off the cuff, it's hard to, to, to say what they're saying and read it verbatim without sounding like a, like a stumbling fool. I apologize. Uh, but I get, I'm betting that this is going to get figured out. Uh, by the end of next week, they have to get it figured out. I don't think you want to go into game week still trying to figure out who the starting left tackle is. I bet Lincoln Riley will make that announcement at some time during the week um, after Tuesday or Wednesday's practice. You can bet on it. And then you can head on over to betonline.net because they are your fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. Um, 
we also are going to, uh, I want to encourage you to uh, take advantage of the Flex Ultimate College Football Previews. And also want to thank you again for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here. It's a seven-episode seven episode preview with your college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. So search for your Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. I did the uh, the preview um, for... We did it with JT Wistersoul, who is the host of Locked On YouTube, Utah, <laughs> and Spencer McLaughlin, who is the host of Locked On Oregon, um, USC, Utah, and Oregon. Uh, everyone anticipates to be the three top teams in the Pac-12. So we did a preview show. Um, go check it out on YouTube. We had a lot of fun with it. All right. So as I mentioned the uh, at the top of the show, the offense... Still has a couple of questions. We'll call them minor questions. One, who's going to be the left tackle? Um, the defense has a few more. And I think though we can start those questions up front along the D-line. Um, Coach Sean Nua, you know, he has some talent. And he loves, he loves the talent he has. But the key word is he has some talent. What he doesn't have is a lot of depth. Uh, Tuli Tuiapolotu, Nick Figueroa, Dejon Benton, and Stanley Taufo-U, and Jamara Sakona. Those are the names um, that Trojan fans are already familiar with or will be. Solomon Bird, the transfer from Wyoming. Tyrone Tulaney, uh, the transfer from Kansas State. Kobe Pepe, who's returning. And Colin Mobley, who's returning, um, they're trying to say hello too. Get to know their names. These are the guys that Coach New is going to be working with and rotating along the D-line this year. This is who he has. Um, he got started with practice a little bit later than he wanted to on Saturday. After the team finished their um, their strength and conditioning, I call it their skip and stretch because that's what they're doing. They're they're stretching and they're skipping five to ten yards. They're getting loose. Um, when everybody's separated to go to their position groups and get some drills going, uh, every single one in the defensive line group was sent back to the locker room to go retrieve something. And, and Coach Nua was freaking livid. Uh, one player did not have to go get um, either. I think it was some knee pads. Was the transfer um, from San Jose State, Sinjin Astani. So for about three or four minutes, uh, Coach New was standing by himself, hand on his hips, and if looks could kill, they re- they reached the locker room. So it wasn't a good impression. Um, he knows he has a lot of work to, to do get to get his guys ready for the rotation. And you got to be ready to practice. That wasn't a good sign. Uh, Corey Foreman returned to practice on Saturday after missing 
you know, essentially the first two weeks uh, due to a nagging injury, um, undisclosed, and uh, some prior um, commitments that were excused. Uh, I'm bringing up Corey Foreman and Romello Height. Uh, he, uh, who's, you know, Romello's been in a yellow jersey for the last week or so. Um, and Solomon Bird, who is the other uh, guy who's, you know, they're trying to get worked in at the rush end position. Uh, those guys have been on and off, you know, rehab island. And Solomon Tuliao Pupu has been on the island more than anybody wants. So because of that, uh, Julian Simon has been, sh- you know, shouldering most of the load at the rush end uh, group for the last week or so. And... Because of that, um, it's 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 stressing the other groups. Um, you know, they're actually ex- moving Thule, Thule Pelotu, to Russia. He's actually playing three different positions during this fall camp. Inside defensive line, defensive end, and now, you know, over at Rush End. And because of that, um, you know, Defensive coordinator Alex Grinch, you know, he's got a few concerns. And like me, he, you know, he's not afraid um, to be, of being honest because his words can bite sometimes. He, and he's fun to listen to because he really doesn't have a filter and he's just being brutally honest. So, um, and it, it's not brutally honest, like, you know, he knows when to soft. Um, soft soap it and when to be, you know, a little bit more forceful. So, you know, it's not like when your wife or your girlfriend asks you, hey, do I look fat in this dress? You know when to say, go change. And you know when she wants to hear she looks great. Um, Coach Grinch doesn't give those type of honest answers. He gives very honest answers. So, uh, for instance, when he was asked about the scrimmage, he said, I thank God it wasn't a game, long story short, because he said when he looked at the film, quote unquote, it was gross. Um, and I understand what he was talking about when we left practice Saturday and we got we got kicked out even sooner than we anticipated. Uh, Riley really wanted to get into the scrimmage aspect of, of practice. Um. But as they were, you know, shuffling us out, I was doing my my slow man, old man shuffle, gathering my backpack, putting things away, looking over my shoulder. So I was able to see a very um, small sample size of the defensive back group doing a tackle drill. And um, outside of a couple really nice uh, pursuit angles and some really good, you know, a couple of good sticks, uh, the rest of what I saw left me wanting more, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, like I, I think if you read anything that I've written in the past week over on WeRSC.com, I encourage it. When you're done making Locked On USC your first listen, definitely head over to WeRSC.com. Myself, Scott Trader, is throwing recruiting information up every day, sometimes twice. Eric McKinney is covering the team from every aspect. And then you've got the Inside the Trojan Huddle um, with Greg Katz, myself, 
have musings of Chris Arledge, which you never want to miss. The dude is freaking amazing. And of course, Kevin Bruce uh, joins us on the podcast with his playing experience. So um, that's fall camp. It's over. The team now transitions into two weeks of getting prepared for Rice. Now, um, I mentioned uh, in that in the previous segment that Coach Grinch doesn't really have a filter and will be honest. And so when he talks to the media, um, we hear some things. And, you know, obviously the injuries are affecting um, the player, the, the coaching evaluations. And it's, you know, it's it hasn't really been an, an issue on offense. Uh, on defense, it has been. And it's making Grinch's evaluation process very difficult. And sometimes he's even questioning their toughness. Uh, Grinch seemed particularly, um, I guess, out of sorts. Maybe that's not the best way to put it. He was, uh, let me put it this way. He was, he didn't like the way players responded when they were given an opportunity to fill in for other guys who are already injured. That's that's not a good sign. Uh, in fact, quote, the biggest frustration is guys get opportunities because of that, and they don't take advantage of those opportunities. That happened as you go back and you watch the scrimmage. So again, we I've mentioned guys who have been hurt, who have been on rehab island, uh, who are wearing yellow jerseys, who can't have contact. So the guys behind them, they're getting their chances. They're not impressing the coaches. Um, and that was actually the lesser of the two comments from Grinch that had me raising my eyebrow on Saturday. Uh, Grinch is one of those guys who he he preaches strain, and by strain, it's he he really wants you. He pushes. He wants to see how far you can go, and sometimes that actually means playing through pain. You know, it's one thing when you're injured and you can't play, um, but with 14 days left before that rice game. Um, there's injuries at the position that, you know, they, they appear to be insignificant. Um, and, and Riley coach Riley has even alluded to it. A lot of these are just, you know, bumps and bruises and they're kind of trying to, they're more preventative uh, to make sure these guys are ready when the first game rolls around. Um, however, the sheer number of injuries isn't insignificant. And, um, you know, Grinch said, hey, you know, players are missing time because of that. And like I said, he's he's almost, the implication is almost, he's questioning, are, they, are you too hurt to play? And he wants to see you out there. That's what I'm talking about, strain. Um, he said, I'm very concerned. I'm more concerned for the individuals because you get better as a football player by playing football. We don't get these last two weeks back. If you've been following my practice reports, you know um, which names have appeared. And again, it's that rush end position that's really causing some challenges. Like, so again, the implication, the guys aren't straining enough. Bottom line is, 
um, the culture has been, they've been changing the culture since they arrived, this coaching staff. But, you know, it's going to continue. It's an ongoing process. And one of the last things Riley said um, after uh, after Saturday's practice is that um, just because you're a starter game one, that doesn't mean you're going to be a starter come game five. He brought up um, uh, an example from Oklahoma, Hollywood Henderson, uh, Marquise Henderson, wide receiver. Guy started out on the scout team to begin the year. Halfway through the season, not only was he starting by the end of the year, uh, he had like 1,100 yards reception uh, in receiving yards. That's how fast things can change as long as you continue to work. And as long as you continue to impress the coaching staff. That's why Dejon Benton is getting an opportunity. He might not have, you know, opened the eyes of the previous staff. The staff likes what they see. Those are, so again, I'm sorry if this is coming off as, as negative. It's not. There's a lot of positive that's going on. But with two weeks left, there's still a lot of work to be done. The team will be prepared for Rice. Don't 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 get me wrong, but let's keep things into perspective. So we'll be back with another episode. You get locked on USC five days a week. Until then, fight on.